All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the sixth episode of Split Screen Media. I'm your host, Connor DuRose. With me, as always, for these past five wonderful episodes is Chris Blankenship. Say hello to the people. Hi, everybody. And uh, our first returning guest to this podcast, the wonderful, the magnificent Joey Burt. How you doing, bud? Hey, doing good. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, surprised you, were... you guys invited me back after the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we loved you, man. It was a great episode. Uh, yeah, but you are our, our first returning guest, so you know this is exciting stuff. And... It is an honor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick before we get started, uh, just a couple of uh, quick announcements you guys might find interesting. 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 Wow, I can't talk. Uh, all of our podcasts are now available on a bunch of different streaming services. So if you go on, uh, what is it? It's Apple Music, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts. Do you have the other ones up, Chris? Or I don't have them up. I think it's Stitcher. Basically, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, our podcasts are now available. Radio uh, Public? Radio is Public on? is one, yeah. And I think there might be... What one more? I don't know if I said Amazon Music or not, but that's also up there. Here, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and uh, YouTube. Okay, yeah, perfect. So basically, whatever you guys prefer, you can listen to us uh, however you want. And also, last episode there was some crazy good reception to that one. Um, we're not really sure why, but we really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It was like our most uh, glitchy and busted episode i guess from a technical perspective but uh we're really glad you guys liked it and you know we hope that we can continue to earn your viewership but uh today we're going to talk about something that we never talk about which is video games uh <laughs> i finally finished uh miles morales and i that review video is probably going to come out pretty soon um just giving like my full thoughts on it but one of the main points i was making uh or i'm going to make in that video was that the game is relatively short um I've already 100% of the game and done all the side missions and collectibles. And really the only thing I've left is a couple of uh, PlayStation trophies, which um, I guess got me thinking about the price of the next generation of video games. So Miles Morales without the, um, the Spider-Man remastered game is $50. And then if you get the bundle pack with PlayStation 5, it's $70. And all of the other PlayStation games are going to be $70, and so are the Series X games. And I guess my question to you guys is, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that's justified with sort of the new level of graphics and gameplay we're going to be seeing for the next couple of years with these consoles? Or do you think that's too much money? Can I ask you how, how much time you think you've put into Miles Morales? How, much, how many hours would you this guess? The story was probably five hours long, um, like five, six hours long. I've probably put in about, I'd say maybe 15 to 20 hours, maybe a little bit less. So you kind of, with that, for that game to be worth what you pay for it, you kind of have to do everything. If you're somebody who doesn't complete games like that and you just go in, you're going to play for the story, then I don't necessarily think it's going to be worth it for you. I would probably wait till it's a little bit cheaper. But the I think the other thing is that all games are going to be like that now. So regardless of whether you think it's like it should have been DLC or it's a full game or it's a remake like Demon's Souls, all of those are going to be 70 bucks. So, you know, do you guys think that's a fair price with sort of the technology that we're going to be seeing with from this? Joey, do you want to 
you want to answer that first? Yeah. Um, I think $70, for me at least, is a little bit too high for certain games. Um, that said, if I really want a game, I'm probably going to go buy it either way. Um, in the past, they've had, you know, these uh, early, a- not necessarily early access, but, um, you know, here here's the upgraded version of this game that's going to be $80 or $70, and you get, like, additional stuff to it. And then they have the super mega one, which is, like, $90 or $100 sometimes. Um, I don't usually go for those. I usually go for the base game. Um, and that said, I don't know if they're going to include that extra content in some of those AAA games with the $70 price tag. Um, I think it's a little too high, though. Do you think they're going to bump all of those games? Like, if you buy the deluxe version and the ultimate edition, do you think all of those are going to scale accordingly? Like, they'll each be $10 more than they were before? Well, speculating wildly, um, <laughs> I guess uh, I think they just increase the price. Yeah, I don't think they'll include it out of the goodness of their hearts, you know? No, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think uh, I think they are, but don't quote me on that. Like everything gets bumped up ten, because the yeah, base game is getting bumped up ten. Yeah, that would definitely make sense for uh, for where I think they're going to be going with this. Um, so, have you? Um, I guess this is a question. Have Have you seen them? Uh, I don't know who them would be in this scenario, but just any argument for why we're seeing this increase in prices? Basically, you're seeing um, better performance on these consoles, so you should be paying a higher price. So can I? So, how do you justify that with, say, a PC? Let, um, me, let me answer that because it kind of ties into my answer for why I think it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I was going to say, I have a few reasons for that, but I want to I, I hear what Chris, what you think about the, just overall, what you think about the price. I think, well, so the price for me is, like I bought Cold War and I bought the Series X and like the current gen, like, I bought it for both consoles, so it transfers, and that was $70. I didn't really pay too much attention to it versus if it was, like, $60. Like, at $60 and $70, are kind of close, you know? Like, the difference of $10, it is kind of a big difference, like, in percentage-wise with the total, but I don't think it's that big. I mean, if you really want a game, like Joey said, you're, you're probably going to buy it, you know? And I'm not one to go for the deluxe editions and stuff like that either, so it was just $70 for me. Yeah, and I think to answer your question, Joey, about like why the prices are increasing, the two arguments that I, one is kind of speculating and one is just sort of fact. Um, but the factual one is definitely that games just cost more to make now. Um, the the manpower and the hours and and, and the time, the the blood, sweat, and tears that are required for these games is just so much more than it used to be. Um, and games used to cost a lot more money. Like Super Mario 3 for the SNES was $90. And that's not included with, you know, inf- inflation or, you know, none of that's been adjusted. So that game is way, way more money than, you know, these games are now. So that's one argument that I see, just that it's so much more expensive now to put something out. But the other thing that I see, and this is what I hope, this is more the opinion one, but this is what I hope we'll see with these games going forward, is that I think a lot of companies made the mistake of putting in microtransactions and doing loot boxes and these sort of like pay to win systems. And I'm hoping that with the, the increase in price for these games, you're going to see that sort of fade away. So, you know, if every person is paying $10, 
and that would equate to about $10 in microtransactions. And these practices sort of be slowly becoming illegal in a lot of places, especially like the UK. I think you're going to see companies start to go uh, like stray from that business model, but that's only because you're able to. Pay. So if, if I am going to pay 10 more dollars for a game and it means that the game isn't going to have those features, then I'm kind of here for it. So I want to kind of clarify my answer earlier. If I'm buying a game like Miles Morales, where like you average just on the story, it was like $10 an hour. Like if that's all you played was the story. Mm-hmm. I'm still probably going to buy that game because I'm not trying to get like the most bang for my buck out of a game. Like I want to play the game, right? So right. whether I play it for five hours or I play it for 50 hours, the price doesn't really matter because I want to play the game. Right. As long yeah. as it's not like a thousand dollars or something crazy. <laughs> right. You know? And I have to look at it from that perspective too. Cause like for me, of course the game is worth that much money. Like yeah. I, I am a massive Spider-Man fan and I'm going to play that game no matter what. So it could have been a thousand dollars and I would have bought, I would have found <laughs> a way to buy it, but I'm trying to look at it from like the most casual of casual gamers being like, objectively, is this worth the price? And I can definitely see the arguments for why it's not. Can I touch on inflation for a second? Yeah, sure. Because I did some research. I did my homework for this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. So in 2005 is when they started doing $60 games, right? So if you look at the increase in inflation from 2005 to 2020, cumulatively, it's about 33%. If you look at, I mean, if you can just do the quick mental math, 60 to 70 is like 15 or 17% or something like that. So it's not, it's only going up like half of inflation since the last jump. So really these games should be costing like $80 if you adjust for inflation since 2005. So it could be worse. I mean, not, that's not a good argument, <laughs> but it's valid though. I mean, yeah, it's 100% it, valid. Yeah. So these games adjusted for inflation are still cheaper than the $60 games you bought in 2005. Yeah. I'm not using that as an argument for, it's just an interesting and arguably you could say, I mean, you know, in terms of the actual gameplay, there's, you know, people have their opinions and I certainly have mine, but in terms of the graphics and the performance, I mean, it's way better than anything you'd find on Xbox 360. That's not even a question. Yeah. Think, think about the games you played in 2005. Think about the games you played this year or last year. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's wildly, it's a wildly different experience for the, for better or worse. It's wildly different. Yeah. I, and your the microtransactions thing. You really think they're going to stop that shit? <laughs> well, there's... Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think I think if you were spending, you know, if they were getting like five dollars out of you before, they're still going to try and get that five dollars out of you out of microtransactions, and then yeah. you get to pay seventy dollars instead of sixty. So they're getting you, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I should be so, clear. I'm not saying they're stopping it out of the goodness of their hearts or anything. <laughs> I don't think they're going to slow it down. No. No, no, I'm not saying it's just going to stop because they're like, oh, we did a bad thing and we don't, we care about how people feel. I, I'm talking from the perspective of it be, becoming illegal, which is what a lot of, uh, you know, things are being put in place to ban loot boxes as a form of gambling to kids. That's, you know, been debated about for years now and it's kind of coming to a head. I mean, there's a lot of people that are saying those could get banned. So it's not companies being like, oh, but the, the customer's feelings, it's more like, hey, listen, this is going to be illegal and we need to charge these motherfuckers. <laughs> so we're going to make the games cost $10 more. But that, that is a trade-off personally that I'm willing to make if that's what happens. That's more of what I was saying. 
I think it's it, it speaks a little bit to the design of how games are changing or the way you know game design's changing. Um, they're starting to kind of design games not including you know these microtransactions. But correct me if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think how micro microtransactions became this widely used and just ubiquitous was from mobile games. Um, mobile games now are like either half or more than half of this entire multi-billion dollar industry. Um, just with how many microtransactions there are involved in these games. So I think that practice comes from those games. Um, but I think we're slowly getting away from that. I know like Fallen Order is one example um, from a company that did use a lot of micro microtransactions. Um, EA went and made this single player game that has nothing like that uh, to my yeah. knowledge. Don't, don't, don't talk about EA and not doing microtransactions. <laughs> it's I give them a little right. bit of credit there. All their, sports, lot, but a little. all their sports games still have them. I know. Very heavily. I know. It was, it was a step in the right direction, even if it was one step forward, two steps back. Like, they're still <laughs> making strides to be better. Um, and there's a lot of other issues with Fallen Order besides the... <laughs> 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 it being a half-finished game and all. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's I I definitely agree with you. I think I think you know seeing even those baby steps from EA is enough to convince me that the landscape is going to change back to kind of the way it was before. And you see that even with the type of games that come out now, like there's you know a bunch of platformers that are coming back out, sort of 3D platformers. Astro World is free, or uh, I'm sorry, Astro's Playroom is free with the uh, the PS5, which is a platformer. Um, and that's kind of, that's very like 2000, 2000 to 2005. So I think people just want good single player oh. games that focus on the gameplay. So the games aren't changing since 2005. We should be paying $60. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And you can make that argument too. And I'm sure a lot of those will be, um, they'll be a lot cheaper yeah. than the, the $70. Cause that's not, I don't think $70 is across the board. It's just what we've no. seen so far. It's from like big AAA companies. You know, the indie games are still going to be $20 or $40 or whatever they are. Yeah. That would be interesting to see if the indie game prices go up too, though. Because I, I, mean, I don't, you know. If you want to keep it kind of consistent, $20 versus $25 for an indie game, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I'm willing to pay that. Yeah. Um, obviously, depending on the game. But I mean, a lot of times indie games, they get a lot more mileage out of and a lot more enjoyment out of than AAA games. Um, Look at Among Us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, AAA games can be very cookie-cutter and just repetitive, and you may go pick up the latest Assassin's Creed and be like, I feel like I've played this game before. You know, I haven't played Valhalla, but I'm just saying um, some of these games are very iterative and just the formulas. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I think yeah, if, you, if you're looking for innovation, then, you know, indie games are kind of the darling child of the games industry now. That's where you're going to find a lot of new ideas because it's like, all right, we got 200 bucks and three people, but we have a pretty solid idea. Let's make a game. And that's how you get shit like Fall Guys or Among Us. And I definitely think that's going to be like, after seeing the success of both of those games, I think that's going to be a major factor going forward into how people design their video games. Also, Hades, if you guys haven't played that yet. Fantastic game. Colin said that too. I haven't mm. heard of that. It's really good. Um, it's a uh, roguelike. I think it's about $25, $30. So. What's it on? Uh, I have it for Switch, but I think it's on PC. Um, it might be on Xbox and uh, PlayStation as well. I think it's on everything, yeah. Because yeah. I was looking it up before, and it looked really fun. Um, 
I like those kind of those rogue style games, like yeah. Binding of Isaac and shit like that. They're really fun. Mm-hmm. So I guess speaking of next gen, um, <laughs> while we're sort of in this area, we can kind of talk about the PS3 and some of the problems that that's been having with a lot of the users. The PS3. Uh, <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, I say PS. <laughs> People are really struggling with their PS3s right now. Uh, <laughs> what number are we on again? <laughs> I don't know. The Xbox fucked it all up, and now I don't know what, all the, what the numbers are for anything. <laughs> um, the PS5, sorry. Uh, yeah, so the PS5 has been having a lot of issues with, um, like, to name a few uh, people, like, a lot of games have been uh, blue screening some of the consoles and erasing some data. Uh, there's been some overheating problems. There's problems with compatibility with, like, external hard drives and other things that should work at launch. Um, and then some people's consoles are just bricking entirely. They, you know, and they just have to send it back. And all they can really do right now is get their money back because they're in such short supply. There's no way they could just like send you another one. They're not like first on the list to get a, get a console. No, Replace, no. Replacement. Mm. Sony. That I, sucks. Said that, <laughs> uh, like one of the, lead executives is quoted as saying everything is sold out which is <laughs> not what you want to hear jeez but well, their manufacturing has probably been real slowed down because of covid yeah for sure and and this isn't uncommon with console launches just like you know the first couple months the consoles are buggy and but this seems so much worse and i, I think part of that is because of the rush the rush production and the the, the, the stopping of production with covid definitely you know threw a wrench into their plans but to me it's still like if you're going to release something like that and charge people five hundred dollars i still think that's kind of unacceptable to have all these problems but you know what do you guys think about it yeah i think especially like they've been planning this for a while they've been manufacturing it for a while i don't think again companies never saw covid coming uh, and it's hard to plan around that stuff so i think you do end up with not as quite polished products like on your launch day you could move the you have two options right you could move the launch day back which will anger a lot of people especially because next gen always releases around this time of year before black friday before christmas or you just release kind of crappy products that aren't quite polished and that's what they did so yeah and i think the expectation is that you know, your console doesn't break and your console doesn't break. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but the 360 had a not great launch either. Um, a lot of people got red rings. Um, and yeah, I mean, Connor was probably one of them. <laughs> um, I know mine, uh, I guess, got the red ring like two or three years in. Um, and, you know, sending it in, uh, having them fix it only for it to be broken again. You know, I was without that thing for a couple months. So that sucks, you know. Yeah, it's a massive pain, and and that was when the consoles were in stock. So I can only imagine how long it's going to be for these people who whose PS fives break. They can go pick one up off uh, eBay for a thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that on the marketplace. There's so many people where they they're not even subtle about it. When they take pictures of the console, it's like eight of them in a row, mm-hmm. and they and they're like, "Hey, I have eight of these, twelve hundred dollars each. Like Venmo me." <laughs> And it's it's kind of insane to me. I definitely think that, you know, Sony and Mike, I know they don't really care, but I feel like they should be doing their part to stop scalpers from doing this to people. Uh, I mean, well, they really made their money. It needs to be on, you know, our retailers and the uh, kind of the e-commerce 
um, sites like Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I think what pe- these people do is they have these bot accounts that just kind of, you know, buy up all these consoles where they can. Yeah. And, and I think part of it too is some of those sites don't even limit how many you can buy. Mm. So as long as you're there first and you, you know, you pick up a certain amount and you get it, then you just get it. And <laughs> you, uh, place. Have you ever seen that video of this lady? She's like in line for like a new iPhone or something. And she has like thousands, thousands of dollars. And she's like, I'm going to buy like a ton of them and resell them. <laughs> and so she buys like the first spot in line and then she gets in there and, uh, they have a limit of one iPhone per customer. <laughs> so she paid like a couple hundred dollars for that first spot line. And then, then she could only buy one iPhone. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so good. That makes me feel so good, dude. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, it's nice to know that Apple is, you know, putting that kind of stuff in place. I'm assuming she was probably at an Apple store. So it's nice to it know that. Might've been an AT&T store or something like that, like a carrier store. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that should limit one per person on launch date for things like this, for consoles, for phones, you know, expensive ass shit <laughs> should be, because people are just going to scalp them and then sell them for twice the product and people will buy that shit. Especially during you know? a pandemic. I mean, my God, yeah. like, <laughs> well, yeah. little, little Jimmy needs his Christmas presents. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's because that's really who you're taking this away from. I mean, like yeah. you could say, you know, adults are patient. They can, you know, wait this stuff out. But, you know, it's it's really the kids that want these consoles yeah. and I feel bad for like kids who have been saving or like who were promised this for Christmas and they're just yeah. not going to get it. Like that sucks. What if like a, you know, a 15 year old who's been working or 16, I don't know, labor laws, but you know, a, a teenager is working and then he's, you know, his job's lost to do due to COVID and now he doesn't have enough money. He would normally have enough money to go buy, buy from GameStop or Walmart or target or whatever. And now he can't, he has to look on Facebook marketplace. It's a thousand dollars. You know, all his buddies have it. He's left out. He's all they're the trying promo. to do is find like some semblance of joy during yeah. this time, <laughs> like playing a PlayStation or like doing something fun at your house that's you know safe and and all that. And they <laughs> they can't even give you that. I do. Uh, I did see some comments on those like thousand dollar PS fives, and there's people commenting like, "I'll give you five thirty three for it." For five thirty three, we have a deal. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, part of the problem lies on the the customer too, because or the people that are buying them, because they're adults, yeah. they can make their own decisions, and I think it's stupid that they're, you know, if no one fed into this, then we wouldn't be having a problem. So there's blame on both sides for sure. Well, it's, it, I mean, it's supply and demand. You know, the f- Facebook marketplace and all that shit. It's the, it's the wild west. So you, the supply is limited and the demand is there, and the price is going to be what it is. You know. Yeah, I, I mean these. These consoles literally just came out. They're like, you know, out of stock everywhere. People are dying to get their hands on them. Um, and yeah, it's it's like, it's kind of expected if they're out of stock. Like, I would just wait, honestly. I'm If I want one, um, I'm just going to wait. This is like the worst time to go buy one, I think. Yeah. yeah. But really. there's a lot of impulsive people out there. Right. So... It's always good to wait too. just, I mean, even not in a pandemic, it's always good to wait a couple months after the launch because generally by then they've patched it a bunch and they've updated the consoles and everything works pretty much how it should. Mm -hmm. Um, You're kind of beta testing every time you buy a console day one. That's true. 
Hannah's been apologizing because she's like, I can't find the PS5 anywhere. I can't get it. I can't get it. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't matter. You can wait till after the new year. I'll be fine. Like, I don't even care. You're like, uh, Facebook Marketplace has them for 1200 so chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I told her specifically, don't, do not do that. Like, don't go behind my back and do that. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so much money. Yeah. There's no way I'm buying an Xbox right now. That's even more of a There's no games for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no reason to buy a Series X right now. That thing is just uh, you use it to store your uh, beer or something. It's a fridge too, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it just opens up and you put your stuff in there, cools it off, and then when you want to play some, I don't know, Forza or something, just turn it on. <laughs> That would that would be a great feature, honestly. If they, it's big enough, they could, they could fit like two or three didn't, beers in there. Didn't they give somebody a, a mini fridge? Didn't Microsoft? I thought I saw. I did this see somewhere. they designed a uh, um, basically a fridge Series X? Yeah, yeah. they made they, one. They gave it away to somebody. Um, I need to look up who they gave it great. to. Microsoft fridge giveaway. <laughs> or was it just a a randomly? No, it was like a full. Microsoft giveaway, like they actually like had a contest and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, kind of awesome. They kind of ran with it. Yeah, they're like they're they're poking fun at themselves, but yeah. I mean, this console to me in no way right now seems next gen. I mean, it looks exactly like the other consoles. The UI is the same as the other consoles. There's no new games. The controller isn't different. Like at least PlayStation's trying to push stuff forward. And I'm not even a PlayStation guy, but like they clearly had the better design and and launch games for this thing they're much more prepared than xbox was i think well they have the solid state drive in it right um in both of these new uh, new consoles right they do yeah and the series x is technically more powerful but if there's mm-hmm. nothing to play on it then it doesn't really matter that's true yeah i mean i think it's like buying a series x at this point you're really buying it for the investment of new games yeah um or just you know i don't know playing the witcher 3 with you know, that hardware or whatever else is out. I don't know. Yeah. Not very appealing to me. No, absolutely. Because you're, you're basically just trying to future-proof. But the problem is that in a year or two, when all the games they've announced, like Fable and the new um, Bethesda RPG, whatever that, or I'm sorry, the Obsidian RPG, whatever that one was called, um, when all those come out, the Series X 2 will be out, whatever that is. It'll be the updated version. And then you can just get that at launch with a bunch of games that are already out. Like that seems to make much more sense than buying this now for a crappy Halo that'll be out in three months. <laughs> like, I love Halo, but that game looks bad. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about it um, when it comes out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm excited for it personally. It looks fun. Like that. My problem wasn't with the gameplay at all. Like I like the grappling hook thing, and I like the. Uh, um the open world nature of it yeah and uh some of the new weapons look cool like it just ran like shit <laughs> i don't even know if i'm gonna, if I'm gonna get the, that console so i might not play it honestly it's on pc they're releasing it on pc yeah. too so if you mo- every single one of the games that they announced is also coming to pc so if you have a powerful enough computer then there is no reason to buy a series x yeah if we all wanted to play together it's all cross like cross play so we yep. could just get into a Discord chat and do uh, like a, a party that way, which I love that you know Microsoft take, Microsoft has taken bounds in that direction um, for the past few years. 
Yeah, it's been great. And I hope Sony jumps on board with that pretty soon. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. Let me look up. Is this true? PS5 outsells Xbox Series X by more than four times? It sounds true. Is that in the U.S.? In Japan. Japan, yeah. Which makes sense. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't... I I looked up some U.S. numbers (laughs) and I couldn't find any. Um, I I did see the U.K. uh, In the U.K. that the Xbox is outselling the PS5. Like crazy. Um, Okay. Almost by the same margin, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that definitely makes sense, especially in Japan. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, not only did I not read the article, I didn't even read the full title. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Americans get our news, dude. Well, not yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, speaking of which, do you want to you shift gears? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, we're what? We're four episodes deep in The Mandalorian? Um which is been a mixed bag. Um, I, I want to put it out there. I, I'm waiting for all of them to come out and I'm going to binge it all at once. That's probably, yeah, that might be a good move based on how this season is going so far, which <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go with episode one, which was awesome. And then the rest yeah. have been pretty mediocre. Chris, I wanted to do that, but then Connor sniped me and said, hey, go watch this first episode. And I was like, oh, dude, I just want to watch them all like, when they're out, I don't want to like you know wait. He's like, no, go watch it right fucking now. <laughs> so I did. I'm and, really sorry. <laughs> two, two through it was four worth it. It's okay. <laughs> have not lived up to episode one, have they? No. Okay. No, hasn't even been close. Episode two was actually kind of bad. Episode three was better, and then this episode was like pretty bland, except for one subplot, which I won't spoil or say anything about. Um. But one interesting thing that has come up from this isn't actually the show itself, but the actress who plays... It's Cara Dune, right? That's her name? Mm-hmm. Um, so the actress who plays Cara Dune is Gina Carano. And she's had some uh, statements on Twitter that have been pretty inflammatory and people have gotten pretty upset about. Um, namely, she's posted a lot of memes about, you know, she's not someone who's going to wear a mask and she's an anti-masker and, like... I saw one that she posted that said, oh, we might as well wear blindfolds too to hide us from the truth or something stupid like that. I saw that one too, yeah. (laughs) Um, She's talked about how the recent election was rigged and how there was, you know, mass voter fraud, a lot of sort of the, um, a lot of stuff you see going on right now. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it as diplomatic as possible. Uh, But uh, people have seen this on on Twitter and and seen her feed and... uh, they're not very happy about it. And a lot of Star Wars fans are calling for her resignation um, and for her to be fired from the show. And so far from what I've seen, nothing's happened on that front. But apparently there was supposed to be a spinoff show with her that has since been either canceled or just put on the shelf indefinitely. Um, but because curious, of this or because of COVID? Because of this. Um, because of this specifically. So I guess I, I'm curious as to what you guys think if like, not not necessarily about what she said, but do you think that Disney should take action here, or do you think that you know she can kind of say whatever she wants? What, Joey? Do you want to speak to it or? Sure. So I did not. I had no knowledge about this before uh, coming on tonight. Um, I just watched this last episode of Mandalorian, um, where she was, uh, I guess, starring in it. Um, it sucks. I was I was devastated. I'm like, man. Can I just like enjoy the show without any problems with no? <laughs> apparently not. So yeah, um, 
I'm mad. I'm pissed about it. But I don't know. I'm I'm a little in the middle about this. I don't know really if they can or should get rid of her, fire her. Um, so with John Boyega, um, for some I don't know, just more contextual flavor. Um, very adamant about the uh, Black Lives Matter protests uh, in favor of them, um, and has been all over Twitter um, in support of them. And uh, I think he had a call with Kathleen Kennedy basically talking about, okay, um, you know, we're uh, in full support of you. We agree with you. And um, we need to, you know, kind of move forward, um, I guess was her uh, statement. I might be butchering that. Um, so I think Disney's trying to stay woke. They're trying to be correct on this issue. Um, I do disagree with the actress. Uh, I don't really know what Kenner should be done, though, if I'm being honest. So I think regardless of if you agree or disagree with any of these actors or actresses, they represent Disney as a company as like any employee of a company does. So, and specifically with them, like being celebrities and in the limelight, they represent it almost 24 seven. So Disney definitely has like a reason to not censor, but like have a chat with them <laughs> if they get out of line. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's tough because I think if you're a celebrity and you have the platform to kind of put those views out there, like John Boyd and Black Lives Matter, or, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio has done a lot for like environmentalism and things like that. And uh, I think you should use it, right? Like Colin yeah. Kaepernick in the NFL had this massive platform and people listened I think you should do that. So she's using her platform to, to put all the, all her views out there. And I don't disagree with that. I disagree with what she's saying. I don't disagree that she should shut up. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree hundred percent. She should have the right to do that. And um, I, I do think it's Disney's place to kind of say, okay, well, we can't really have you saying this stuff and, you know, continue employing you. I think um, that's where the, the controversy is because yeah. even though she has a platform and she's expressing her views, she's still <laughs> working for Disney and represents Disney. So is she, like basically she has free speech, but what comes out of that because of who she represents, I don't know. And it, it's, that's in, I don't know what state it is in, but most states are like at will employment. So they can just cut her off and or cancel contracts or whatever and not think twice about it. But I don't know. It's tough. It's really, it's really interesting that you brought up that Colin Kaepernick comparison because you kind of stole the words out of my mouth. Um, I think personally, I think obviously what she's saying is wrong and stupid and I'm not defending <laughs> anything that she's saying because she's <laughs> being ignorant, um, ob objectively being ignorant. <laughs> But it is interesting, like, when do we decide, like, when can we cherry pick? Because Colin Kaepernick worked for a company, you know, he worked for the NFL, and what he did was share his opinion, and rightfully so, I think, and, you know, it was, a, it was for a great cause. But should people be allowed to do, like, sh can she do the same thing with hers? You know, is she, even though it's spreading misinformation, like, I, I feel like she has the right to do that. If that's it, 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 I think it's dangerous when we censor people 
when this country was built on freedom of speech. And, you know, she can say whatever she wants. And even if she works for a company, I don't think we get to decide what's right and what's wrong to say based solely on that fact. But what if Disney faces boycotts of the Mandalorian and loses subscribers and loses money because of what she says? Because fans are angry. Yeah, they can play it off as a financial decision. And if in, in the PR route, if that's where they decide to go with it, then, you know, that's their right. They can fire whoever they want. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I just think, you know, the idea of having opinions kind of seems to be going away uh, in today's culture. Like, or I guess the idea of disagreeing is kind of going away, which I think can be sort of dangerous. It's nice to hear from both sides. It's nice to digest information and then come up with your own thought even if it's something as wrong as what she's saying, which is that there's election fraud and that masks don't matter, which both of those things are wildly incorrect. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll put out one of my views. Let's recount the election. Let's double check. I'm a professional and I have to double check my work before I, you know, submit or commit anything. So why can't these election people? I'm all for the recounts. Yeah. And, and you can disagree with somebody. Like you said, that's that's fine. And people should understand that. Like people have different opinions. You might not like it, but that's the opinion they hold. 70 million people voted for Trump, 74, 76, however many voted for Biden, right? There's obviously people who have different opinions in this country. And I think everybody has the right to that. I don't think we should be censored. Now, freedom of speech should have a little bit of censorship in terms of like hate speech or like shouting bomb in an airport or whatever. But right. In, right. in this case, I think she has the right to, to, to say that stuff. But remember to not get trapped in the echo chamber. Verify with multiple sources, credited sources, you know, and make up your own opinion. And that goes for everybody. That's not just people who are Republican or people who think this virus is a hoax. That's every single person oh. in America. I would say the same for for. Colin Kaepernick or John Boyega, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Check your sources. Make sure what you're saying is is factual. And the John Boyega thing is interesting too because not only was he speaking about political injustices, but also there was political injustice done to his character in the movies, yes. which is something that Gina Carano hasn't uh, really faced, at least so far, in The Mandalorian. Um, obviously, Finn, the character Finn, had a massive role in the the first movie and in my opinion was the best character in the whole movie. Like I really enjoyed his arc. I like the idea of a stormtrooper or any sort of um, Imperial defecting. I think that can make for some really good content. And in the first movie it did. And then they sidelined him for the next two movies. They did nothing with his character. And you could say the same about a lot of the other characters who were played by either women or people of color. And that's yeah. a totally valid argument. And I, and, and, and he should be, again, just like her, he should be able to share those opinions freely. And, uh, you know, I think if you're, that, that's, I guess, what it, I get back to with the cherry picking thing. Like, if you're going to let him say those things, then you kind of have to let her say those things. You, you don't really get to choose. Yeah. So you disagree with the Disney fans? I don't. Get her fired or no? Because <laughs> you, can, you can say she's allowed to say these things, but at, at the end of the day, like, what does Disney do as a company? Right. If if they if they took if I guess for my own opinion if they fired her I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. I I think what she's saying is just objectively false, 
And if people are upset about it and they start losing money, that's within their right to fire her. Um, but I, I just think sometimes people go on the attack too quickly and you really have to look at these things from all angles. You have to put yourself in her shoes, in Disney shoes, in the executive shoes, in the other people that she works with, their shoes, how they feel about her while, while filming. There's a million different things that I think people, people just want to be mad about something. And that I think can be very dangerous. Yeah. I think if, if people start boycotting and it becomes a financial problem, I think Disney has the right. If it becomes a, yeah, an employee relation kind of problem where actors and actresses aren't meshing well together, then I think Disney can have a, a leg to stand on. But, you know, I, some of the fans just crying for to get fired. It's a little bit much, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I, I notice this a lot with like, this is a little off topic, but like with debates and arguments and stuff, especially with like on people, like people online, they want a debate to win and they don't want a debate to share information or to see another point of view or things like that. So it, I don't know. I guess that's just the culture we're in now. Nobody checks anything. <laughs> they yeah, they see true. something and, and immediately assume it's correct. Yeah, I got into an argument on uh, on Reddit with a guy, and I was like, "Where are your sources?" And he was just like, "Do your homework, like I did mine." And I was like, "Okay, dude, <laughs> I'm not good. Not gonna listen to you. Not a source." <laughs> yeah. Joey, what do you think? Do you think like you know? Do do you feel really really strongly that? she should actually be fired or do you kind of, I mean, I remember you, you seem to be kind of somewhere in the middle, but, but yeah, I, I don't feel strongly that way. Um, I, this is something that I, I struggle with because I, when it comes to star Wars or other media that I love, I need to find a way to separate certain, you know, I guess political aspects of it um, to further and fully enjoy it. Um, that becomes very difficult. Uh, when we have something as pressing as the coronavirus, where you know we have to wear your mask, you you know if you're in public, that is unquestionable um, to me. Um, it's it's really it's something I have to keep separate. Um, and to you know go back and look on the show now, knowing what I know, it's going to be hard, you know. Right. Um, and and going forward, like it really depends on their plans for uh, her character, uh, Cara Dune. Um, are they going to include her as a, a constant support role in the show? Um, are they actually going to go on with this, uh, this spinoff show with her? I don't know. Um, it, it's something you as a consumer have to be knowledgeable of, I think. And it's one of those things where I think you need to vote with your dollar or in this case, I guess, vote with your view or whatever. Mm. Um, if you do support her, go and watch her show, I guess. If you don't, don't watch it. I right. Mean, I don't know what other advice to give. You definitely brought up an interesting point about being passionate about whatever the thing is. Like if you have a heavy investment in something, it's definitely going to affect your opinion on how you view someone or whether or not they should be fired or not. Cause I, you know, um, Connor's obligatory Spider-Man time. I kind of <laughs> felt that way with the new face. Like I was, I was, you know, I'm still pretty angry about it. But it's, you know, my opinions might be more harsh because I feel more passionately about that game than most people. So it's hard for me to kind of take a step back and be like, well, what are the positives of this? Or what, you know, how could this new guy with his new face bring in, uh, 
you know, some new energy to this game or whatever, where in the back of my head, I'm like, this is stupid. I hate this. Like, <laughs> like I really, I don't like any decision they've made with this. So that's, that's interesting too. You know, you have to look at her as a character and be like, well, I have some emotional investment in her character. And is that even if, whether or not she re- gets fired, does that affect how I watch this show from now on? So, I mean, these are all, you know, it's hard to say one way or the other. I, I, I don't want us to, you know, <laughs> I feel like a lot of our segments turn into us uh, fence riding and I don't want to seem like that's what we're doing. I just, that's just how I think. I like to look at everything from a bunch of different angles. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll, I won't fence ride. I'll say uh, Disney shouldn't fire her. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm but definitely I, leading. If they did, I understand why. And that's not me fence riding. No, no, that's a definitive statement. I think I agree with that. I I think I could put all my eggs into that basket. I I don't think they should fire her, but if they do, I kind of get it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in that same mindset, Chris. I, uh, I don't want to just start firing people because they have bad opinions, or you know, canceling people because they have bad opinions. Which this kind of reeks of that, like this cancel. You know, um, I forget her name now, but Cara Dune. Um, yeah, I, uh, it, it's, it's really dicey for me because she's a support character. And if this was, uh, Pedro Pascal, that'd be a different story because you're looking at, you know, the main star of the show. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, Apparently. true. I mean, don't take away from Baby Yoda, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, also, uh, Pedro Pascal apparently is barely on set anymore. Like most of his role on that show is just VO. Um, oh, wow. So I guess that makes sense. (laughs) So like 99% of the time, I think he has like two or three stunt guys that just wear the outfit. Yeah. He just, uh, and uh, uh, there's been like, again, all rumors, all speculation. I can't say anything definitive, but there's been some issues with him on set of like uh, creative differences and him arguing for certain things that aren't happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so apparently season three onward is going to be limited to just VO. He will only record voice and he won't, you know, step foot on the set at all, which is super interesting. Wow. And part of me, part of me understands. I'm like, well, you gotta, you know, you gotta take a stand for, you know, what you believe and how you feel. But the other side of me is like, fuck you. You get to be in the star Wars universe. I would be there every day, three hours early dressed up in that Mandalorian outfit. Like you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) What if they made a, what if they made a Jar Jar spinoff and you were his sidekick, Connor? Would you still be there? <laughs> yes, 100%. Anything to be in that universe, I would be there in a heartbeat. Okay. <laughs> I could be like someone watching pod racing and one of the pod racers like explodes and for half a second you see me and then I just get creamed by the by, the, <laughs> by whatever's left of that pod racer. I would Connor, be in that scene. Connor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a p- petition to have you added in the next Mandalorian episode as a DeRose <laughs> We need the, to the race to Rose. Yeah. They're, Dude, the, they're yeah. the blue guys with like the red eyes. Oh yeah. They're an actual species. Yeah. And Wait, they're called Rose. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. You're kind yeah. of blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I'm gonna try to find a link and post it in Discord. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I or should just type I'm... in D U R O S Star Wars. It would just say do Rose as do Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Duro's one. No, I feel the same way. Like I would be anything in like that or the MCU. Like that would be so. Like, like you know, Hulk brings down a building, and I'm one of the people going, "Oh my god!" Like anything like that would be awesome. 
That's cool. It's not spelled the same, but it's close enough. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I'm going to check off. it. I'm going to check the link real quick. Because that's close really enough. cool. I didn't even know that... I didn't even know that they had that. Is this a, a Wikipedia article? Should I should I share my screen and show? Sure. Oh, it's like dur- Duros. Yeah. This you guys see. Oh, dude, it's, a, yeah. it's a it's a oh the planet Duro. But yeah. yeah. Oh, so they are dur- Duros, I mm-hmm. guess. Okay. That's cool though. That I've never seen that uh, species before. Yeah. What are they in? Could fit. Look at that. Look at that gun. <laughs> Appearances. For audio listeners right now, we're looking at a screen with uh, a picture of the, the Du Roses. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're in a lot of Rebels uh, and uh, Star Wars 4. Clone Wars episode. Yeah. And a New Hope. There, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm guessing think, they're probably I think in the... they appear in the cantina, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I was going to say. I would assume. Uh, and looks like a lot of like the animated stuff, Clone Wars. Yeah, there's a lot of Clone Wars and Rebels appearances in there too. Yeah. If I can go off track for a second, um, the reason, one of the reasons I, I mean, that first episode of Mandalorian was so good, but one of my favorite things is what they did with the sand, the sand people, mm-hmm. um, how they, I don't know what I can say without spoiling anything, um, how they communicate. Do you know what, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Oh my God. I loved it. Like why they are the way they are. Yeah. I think it's super interesting. Yeah. Um, and that, that to me is like the Easter egg that I want to see, like world building. Like It is, it is so cool, uh, the opportunity that the show has to go back and kind of like, you know, kind of fill in holes, um, I guess, with the Star Wars universe that have previously just not been discussed. Or if they've been discussed, it's in like, you know, magazines or other, you know, novels that people don't really know about. Yeah, and to see that from a whole new lens, I totally agree. And especially like a, a Star Wars lens and a literal lens, a directorial lens, like a camera lens. When you get to see that uh, crate dragon in IMAX when they shoot it with the IMAX cameras, oh. it's so cool. Like it, yeah. Yeah, like I was on the edge of my seat. That that episode was an hour. It felt like ten minutes. Yeah, it flew by. It was so good. Yep. Chris, you really should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love when, when, you know, whenever this is over, um, whenever Mandalorian is over, I'm sure we could schedule it to have you back, but I would love to do like a full breakdown. Oh, of please. Second season with you. I've already yeah. watched that episode twice. Have you really? Not enough times. Yes. <laughs> Man, Timothy Olyphon is so good too. He's great. As, I know. Uh, Cobb Van. Oh, He's awesome. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Chris. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Um, well, yeah, do we want to, Joey? You want to get into your topic? Can we? Can yeah. we? Uh, can we talk about Vin Diesel real quick? I, I, we winded down off of that, uh, the whole political kind of conversation, like really well. <laughs> I didn't expect it to wind down that well. <laughs> yeah, no, well, we, we went into we went into Star Wars, so of course it would. <laughs> yeah, it always gets lighthearted with Star. It Wars. It always does with me. Yeah, unless we're talking about Last Jedi, I can ooh, I can get mad about that. But no, let's. So yeah, you want to go into Vin Diesel first? Just just a couple minutes because we are actually like we've been recording for a while. What time are we at right now? Uh, I think we're at like fifty fifty two, almost fifty two minutes. Oh wow, okay. So um, I think we might run over a little bit, but that's okay. That's fine. We can go a couple minutes over. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So yeah, so should I guess I can <laughs> describe how I got into this? Uh, 
uh, Drew, I think it's Drew Godden, I want to say his name is. He's a, um, a YouTuber on the platform, and he does kind of like commentary videos. And he did one just like on the ridiculousness of Vin Diesel um, in general. And I think this is where I first saw it. But Vin Diesel this year has put out two tracks, two songs that are both equally as terrible <laughs> in kind of an incredible way. If you guys haven't heard, we can't play them on here because I like I kind of want to get copyrighted by Vin Diesel, but I also don't. <laughs> um, so we're not going to play them here, but look them up. There's two songs on Spotify and they are absolutely incredible. Um, it's combined for like three million view, uh, three million listens. Which is pretty impressive, to be honest. I mean, even though he's a celebrity, like the one just dropped like a few weeks ago. There, right? yeah, I think so. And the best way I can describe them is like horrible garbage pop EDM with like some of the most overproduced. I mean, you know how Vin Diesel sounds. Like that's not a surprise. So like, <laughs> <laughs> no one's shocked that this is bad. I'm just shocked at how bad it is. Just go spend six minutes and listen to it. I think that's the combined total runtime of that. <laughs> it's it's definitely both worth your time and not worth your time. <laughs> yeah, it, if I was not on tonight, I probably would not have listened to it ever. And I could have lived my entire life without listening to them. So <laughs> I, I just want to know, like, what what is his end game? Like, was it like, I have these two songs and now I'm done? Or is it like, I got three albums in the works? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm working with people. Oh, no. I, got, I got Travis Scott on an album, and like, <laughs> if he could get like some really like big time features, I wonder if it would make it better. <laughs> I could see. I the funny thing is, is like weirdly, I see a shimmer of potential with this. Like, if he goes all the way over the top with it and hires people who could take that take that with him, like Kanye West or someone like that. I could see it being kind of an awesome song, like a weird trippy. He gets into the like acid rap shit. Like I would love to see that. I know this is probably, I'm going to be the only one with this opinion, but I really like Lil Uzi Vert features. So a Vin Diesel <laughs> song with Lil Uzi Vert would be complete garbage, but I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a little Uzi Vert feature that's good. <laughs> They're not really good, but I, I don't know. I like his I like the way they produce his voice. Yeah, he has a lot of good songs. Like I think I think people hate on him a lot, but it's not nearly all of it is warranted. Like he's got good shit. I think well, yeah, his songs aren't that bad. His live performances I've heard are atrocious. You went to I, one of them, didn't you? I did not. <laughs> oh, you didn't go to well, one? By the time I was running late, and by the time I, I was ready, it was like 45 minutes in the concert, and I was like, well, it's too late now. He wasn't even there yet. <laughs> like, like 45 minutes, like, the artists are always late, but this was like 45 minutes like after that. <laughs> right. He, apparently, he came on, did like a couple songs, and then like that was it. And he, I think he repeated a song or two, and it wasn't very good. Like he was, he was like hours late. It was like wild. Yeah, I mean, and that's one story, but I know there's more stories out there. Very yeah, he's pretty cool. notorious for that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I, I remember I like I because I dropped someone off there at the at the concert, and I didn't. I was just like, I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> so I went, I went home, and apparently, uh, 
yeah, I made the right choice. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was when it because he was still relatively new. No, this and... was this was big after like EXO tour life. Oh, okay. Well, then I was just like, <laughs> I, I didn't. I was like, I think this was. I, I know. I know EXO tour life was out and it was kind of big. Okay, yeah. Then I just didn't know about it. I kind of I got more into that kind of stuff after like you and Colin sort of introduced me to like the other <laughs> side of that world, and I was like, okay, I actually like this a lot. Yeah. Anyway, Vin Diesel makes music now. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly does. Do you think he? Uh, do you think like in in Fast Ten or whatever, he'll be like driving his McLaren down the street, bumping his own music? <laughs> <laughs> they have to have a cameo somewhere. Yeah, I need I need that on the soundtrack. <laughs> what more can they do with those movies? What? Where? Where? Is it space? Are they gonna drift in? They, uh... I think they they're making Fast Ten's been a thing, right? I feel like they're yeah. Uh, I mean, last yeah. time we I didn't even see it, but I saw the trailer. Like the first time I saw Fast Eight or Nine or whatever, I saw that trailer with you, and he was drifting around a submarine in the air. <laughs> uh, it comes out in a couple. It comes out in like four months, supposedly. On the yeah, Fast, it might Center. go straight to uh, straight to streaming or whatever. I'm so like Fast and Furious Nine. I don't even know what one they're on right now. No, because they had the spinoff one. They had Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, I still have to see that. I don't know if that counts as one technically, but I don't. I'm not. I'm getting confused by the release dates. I think. <laughs> Either way, Vin Diesel makes music. Look it up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. I, we're not getting into this. <laughs> no, no. We, I don't want to fall down. That if you want us to comment below. And we will on the next episode. We'll go, uh, <laughs> we'll go through uh, Vin Diesel's filmography from Boiler Room to Riddick to Triple X all the way to Fast and yeah. Furious. So was he in like The Pacifier or something? He was the best movie to <laughs> find, The Pacifier. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go through it if you want us to. I've seen The Pacifier Dude. more times than I care to admit. <laughs> really? In my childhood, yeah. Like it was one of those movies that we always kind of had around. Yeah, that's kind of how it was for me. I think I've only seen it like once, though. I've seen it like eight times. <laughs> we're not getting into this. We're not getting into no, this. No, we're not getting into this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joey, you have a topic, and I can't wait to hear it. I'm very excited. All right, all right. Um, so, gentlemen, um, we've talked a lot about the new consoles tonight. So I thought it might be fun to continue uh, wildly speculating about the future. Um that way we can come back in a couple years and be like, yeah, I called that shit, you know? <laughs> so my mystery question is, what do you guys think is the future of console gaming? Um, for, I guess, my own personal uh, comment on this, um, I don't really want a new console yet. I don't know when I will. Um, I don't want to spend $400, $500 on a new <clears throat> box that I think is just going to sit on my entertainment stand for a couple months while I wait for a game to come out, um, considering how most of my time is just played on RuneScape right now. <laughs> and I mean, I'm mostly on my computer uh, for work anyway. So that's where I do all my gaming. Um, and looking like taking that in mind, I don't know how many, like, I know uh, there's a lot of demand for these uh, consoles. And I can anticipate definitely one more uh, one more iteration of these boxes coming out um, following that though I don't know um, 
and I think it's been what every eight, nine, maybe ten years, uh, we kind of see a new iteration uh, or generation rather. Um, and I think it's also interesting to comment on Microsoft and what they're doing. Um, it kind of feels like they're moving away from these uh, building these um, consoles um, as they're trying to do this Game Pass uh, service and trying to move to more of a monthly uh, subscription subscription model where you can play on you know PC. But you know, is there a future where we don't have consoles uh, released over ten years? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think um, there will not. It, it's not going to happen yet. We don't have the the um, fast enough internet for something like this. Like I remember, on live came out, which was the first sort of iteration of a Netflix based video game subscription service, and mm-hmm. it failed miserably. And but but it is the future. It just it was way too early. And I think what you're going to see isn't consoles anymore, but you're going to see brands. You're going to open your TV. You're going to go to the Sony branded PlayStation app or whatever it is. And you're going to be able to play games through that. You're going to subscribe to Sony. It'll be 10, 15 bucks a month, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe a little bit more because of like, you know, how much it'll probably be like 20 or 30 bucks. And then you're just going to stream your games. You're going to click on something. It'll be like an instant load thing. It'll put you back. You know, you won't even really need to save because it'll just put you right back wherever you were. And uh, I, I definitely think that's where things are going. Uh, in terms of actual hardware, um, VR, HoloLens, that's 100% going to be the future of gaming. Again, not there yet. All these iterations have been pretty good. But I think both of those things are going to be what you're going to see. And eventually that box won't matter. So, Connor, your TV has to be as powerful as the what would be the next-gen console? No. So I think you, your internet just has to be good enough to run this. And again, this is not there yet. You know, some cities have it with like Google fiber and you get like gigabit internet per second, whatever, you know, like some places have that kind of uh, technology right now, but it's not widespread enough to where Xbox can be like, Hey, we have an app. If you have a console, you can go fuck yourself. Like, (laughs) I think what you're referring to uh, specifically is uh, cloud gaming, which is like new term getting thrown around, right? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Do you think that there's a uh, another console iteration in 2030 or around that time frame before that? Um, I don't know if I have a time frame necessarily, but there will be more consoles. Yes, after after the PS5 and Xbox Series, I, th- there's no way we're gonna catch up to like what I'm describing right now in just 10 or 20 years it's going to take a while for everybody to have this. I mean, I, I think about, you know, how long it took everybody to switch over from dial up to the internet that we have now that took years and that was still just the internet. So I think to make that leap to where everybody has to where internet is more of a utility than more of a, a, a need than a want. And we're already pretty much there, but for those think, kind of speeds, it's going to be a while. Do you think, uh, internet would have to be viewed as a utility because some people still don't have internet in certain places, which would just make this whole thing kind of useless for them. Yeah. Like they can't just buy a, a, you know, a console and play completely offline in this scenario. Let's let, let me ask you this scenario then. Would you rather haul your own trash right now or would you rather have internet? Like if you could get sort of a free utility, what would you rather do? What is, what is more essential to you right now? 
would you rather take all the trash that you have like once a week you go put it in the dump you take care of all that or would you rather have internet as a utility internet because my job depends on it right now (laughs) exactly so i think and i totally agree with you so i think well i only say that because i have access to a truck and i'm not going to throw garbage in my new car (laughs) (laughs) so that answer might be different for some people but i think generally speaking if people could have that as part of the utilities but they would lose something else i mean i think they totally would so if you could just add that on i think people would you know that's definitely where things are going and i think that's you know google's plan for the next 30 years for sure is to control everyone's internet I think it's still good because like what if the internet goes out like power power outage or you know just a a break in the line or something like that then you don't have internet and before like before you could just boot up your console play offline assuming you still have power you know what I mean like what if there's an internet outage yeah that's true I mean I guess you you do see that a little bit now like I know when when PlayStation goes down like like that, that one time they went down with the PS3 it was for months um but not not on the scale you're talking about. So that would definitely be an issue. And again, when they implement that, it would have to be like airtight in their design. <laughs> like they can't leave room for stuff like that, which is why I think it's going to take so long. But I guess to to put a cap on my rambling, um, cloud gaming is my answer for sure. So Chris, what do you think? I like the idea of cloud gaming. I, I, I don't think we're there yet. I, I think Connor, like what you said, pretty valid. I think there will be another iteration or, or at least two, I think at least two more consoles. What I would like to see, but I don't see happening is we have kind of like a PC, but we can just subscribe to like Sony's version of PlayStation OS or whatever, and just run that on our PCs for the cost of a, whatever ps live subscription or whatever it is or xbox live subscription and you can just run it on your pc and that allows for you to upgrade the hardware as time goes on so you'll ever like you know you'll it would just be like pc gaming basically with you know a specific platform that you pay for yeah i think that's really interesting um that's you know something i've thought about um but i I guess the line the distinction there is why would you not just go play PC at that point? And it's, you know, specifically PC. Um, that's, that's, that's the big thing. And I think, I, I think it's the exclusives, you know, that's the only argument you could probably make. Yeah. It's the, the game. hundred percent. Is yeah. I, I think the other thing for that is, is, you know, Microsoft keeps the Xbox like its own IP or whatever, you know what I mean? And so, you can't really go in there and change the hardware. You can't really, you know, if you want to upgrade, you have to buy the new console. You know, that's kind of how the consoles have been. And that's what differentiates it from PC gaming. So either I think, because the consoles are getting stale, like let's admit it. I, I mean, if you see like what Apple's doing with right to repair and things like that, like companies don't want you opening their shit and they don't want you repairing it and they don't want you and they plan obsolescence in it and I'm being so negative right now, <laughs> but that's, that's what they do. And I think, I mean, it's working for them now and yeah. obviously like you have to innovate, but I, I don't think it's going to be the right 
I just don't see it going that way. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a, a very um, high demand for these consoles because people don't want the hassle of either building a PC or um, you know messing with any of that, or they just enjoy the comfort of playing on their couch with a TV a lot more. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I was that way for many years before I switched to you know playing primarily on PC. But there's a, a certain you know elegance and just ease with buying a console turning it on and then you have your games um pretty much as easy as that i think that's the the point is how easy it is yeah yeah that'll never go away either and i think you're gonna see that same ease of use with whatever they do end up doing um either just like a box that you buy that can then like sort of like a roku or something where you pay for the subscriptions but the roku is just the catalyst for you to play these games um obviously it'll have to be more powerful than a roku but something like that, I think, you know, these subscription-based services is dead. And that's very um, pick up and play as well. But if I can make one more guess as to where things are going to go specifically, um, Microsoft and X Xbox will be the first ones to get there because they're the ones who are doing the innovation with cloud gaming right now. Nintendo and uh, Sony have no interest in that whatsoever. And that's very clear with, like, how they're marketing these systems. They are consoles first and foremost they play exclusive games and they barely have any sort of streaming service besides like nintendo's sort of okay virtual console and then playstation now which is basically useless um so i definitely see microsoft getting into that market first and i, I think it makes sense because sony is so much less huge than microsoft is i think they're about the fourth of the size of microsoft and some Sony executives have even said, like, the Game Pass model is unsustainable for us. Like, we just don't have the money or the manpower to make something like that work. And they've called out Microsoft. They're like, this won't work long term. Like, you're putting all your eggs into this basket, and it just, it, it's not going to pan out in the end. And I, I don't know. I'm not an accountant, or I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about Microsoft's financials uh, situation, but... I assume they're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it uh, people did call that, you know, not only for the money that Microsoft makes, but the money that game developers make. They're like, all right, well, people are paying $15 a month, and there's already 100 other games on there. How are we going to get paid? How are we, the developers, getting our money? It's the same thing with Spotify. Like, artists get paid so much less now because everything has gone subscription-based. Nobody buys albums, you know, so you're seeing a fraction of what you used to see, which is why the music industry is dying. And I think Sony and Nintendo are worried about that for video games as well. Uh, Microsoft isn't because they have a bajillion dollars, but Sony and Nintendo don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to what you said earlier about the Roku's not being powerful enough. I'm going to put Doom on a Roku TV and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freaking play it. <laughs> like the new one, like Doom Eternal? <laughs> yeah. No, like the old school one. Isn't that a thing like people put Doom on like weird-ass like technology shit? Someone just put True. Doom on that new Game & Watch thing. The one yeah. that they released. It's like an alarm <laughs> clock with Mario Brothers. Someone put Doom on that. I've seen it on a calculator. I've seen it everywhere. Yeah, Apple Watch. Apple Watch. I'm yeah. sure it's out there. Soon to be on Roku. <laughs> <laughs> I think, is Microsoft usually the one that pushes the boundary with these kind of things? Like, it, to compare it to, like, phones, like, Apple is the one that's always pushing the boundary with shit. And other companies follow suit. Is Microsoft the one that historically pushes the boundary? I, I don't think so. Um, 
it, it's really tough because I don't really think there's been much innovation in, in, in terms of just console gaming, honestly. Um, I, I mean, mean, the hardware gets better. but that's The hardware easy. gets better, that's true, but, like, really the, you know, if you look at uh, the histories of each of these uh, these three companies, I mean, Nintendo has changed the most. Um, they've yep. gone from, you know, the NES uh, all the way up to the uh, GameCube and the Wii. Now we have the Switch. Like, the most portable out of any other console we've had. Um, which that's is exactly it's, what I was going to say. It's, it's genius, Nintendo. I think. Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo yeah. innovates, and then everyone else is playing catch-up. Like, that's 100%. I mean, like, they came out with VR first with the Virtual Boy. They did the motion controls first with the Wii, and then Sony uh, did the Move, and Microsoft did the Kinect. They're doing the Portal. Like, they, in terms of hardware, they're always the ones to innovate when it comes to games. They just don't have the power of Microsoft. Right, right. But Because they don't care about, oh, we have the newest processor, we have the, you know, whatever – their biggest thing is games, which right now they have a severe lack of, and it's really a bu- quite a bummer seeing their lineup for the rest of this year and the first quarter of next year. It sucks, and I'm really disappointed in them, honestly. Like They're usually the ones to push the boundaries, and they're not doing that shit at all. Well, I guess to, to tie it up, I think the answer to Joey's question, at least for me, is, is after hearing all your points, is until cloud gaming is as easy as a console consoles are here to stay i agree vr is also the future that is going to happen much more it's a subset <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no it's going to happen much sooner though like than cloud gaming vr it, is going to it's going to be much more soon that you see like yeah. vr that's actually really really good and stable and affordable i think I cloud think we'll, gaming will take over i don't think vr will take over i think vr will happen first but i don't think it's going to take over. i think we need a whole episode about uh vr because I have a lot of thoughts about it after uh, I bought one. Oh, you have one? Oh, you have one. That's interesting. Yeah, I bought a Quest uh, a couple months ago. All right, when all this a, is... a pandemic uh, toy. So, when all this is over, I'm coming over. We're playing that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris and I had a lot of fun with the the Quest the first time. I think we talked about that on a. It, it was did, an HTC yeah. Vive, I think. But we had a lot. It was a Vive, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're probably at uh, a little over the time now, right? Like 15 minutes, I think. 15 minutes? Okay. If I I didn't have the time right last episode, I don't know what we're at now. <laughs> it's fine. I think we're fifteen. Over. Yeah, let's get a time as any to wrap it up. I think I think we can uh, call it quits here. Well, thank you so much for watching, everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, just make sure to you know like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what we can be doing better. Let us know stuff you want to see in the future. Uh, again, really appreciate the last episode. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> There's a lot more engagement. So you know, uh, keep it up, and we really hope to be making the best possible content for you guys. And uh, I want to thank Joey for being on the podcast again, our first recurring, recurring cast member, if you will. So I really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you so much guys. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Everybody. Adios. Bye.